The following program contains discussion of content some listeners may find distressing. Listener discretion is advised. The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, nay, indeed this month, it's Australian Film Month. Uh, A month later than we usually do it, but never a dollary do short. Uh, We are beginning our month of looking at Australian films by watching and reviewing Bad Boy Bubby. And joining me to uh, watch Bad Boy Bubby, we have someone who's seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film before, well, blow me down, it's Andrew Dawson. G'day. Uh, Andrew Dawson, uh, what are you doing back in bloody Australia? I came back to Australia specifically to review some Australian films. Oh. And then I'm leaving again immediately after. (laughs) Okay, good to know. Yes, long-time listeners of the program will remember uh, Dawson's uh, one previous appearance, which I had to go back and look, uh, 2019. Uh, Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, indeed. Oh, with me! Very long film. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Bad Boy Bobby, not as long, I I can confirm. No intermission? No. More traumatising. (laughs) Goody. But yes, uh, welcome back. It's lovely to have you back. Uh, I think this is definitely uh, yeah this is definitely the longest between drinks we've had uh for, for it's a almost as story. long as gone with the wind yeah almost as long uh but yes um what what, what do you know about B- bad boy bubby uh i've never heard of it before mm-hmm. and since i knew that i was doing this podcast i have actively made sure that i didn't look up anything about it because i wanted to come in very very fresh w- was it hard to avoid all the bad boy bubby chat on yeah. the forums there was there was a lot of a lot of chatter a lot of whispers going yeah. around uh especially between friends but yeah. i i kind of just blocked off social media for a little bit just okay. to avoid it all good good yes well uh um, I'm looking forward to seeing what you think of this film. <laughs> Me too. Uh, and so we should introduce our guest who has seen the film. It is Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. Uh, welcome back, Tegan. Thanks. Not not as long since you were last on. Uh, Cannibal Holocaust was yeah. your last appearance. I'm, I'm getting a good mm. string of films this year. Yeah. 2023, starting with a bang. Well, we thought we'd, you know, ease off a bit from Cannibal Holocaust and something a bit lighter. Have, have we managed that with picking Bad Boy Bubby? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no cannibals in it that I remember. There's no Holocaust in it, which I remember. Oh, actually, maybe there is oh, a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, mm, well, welcome, Andrew. You're yeah. <laughs> so- Welcome I was going to say, if you're relating this film to something that's called Cannibal Holocaust, yeah. I am intrigued and scared. Uh, <laughs> it's a great, it's a great film. Mm. It's just an intense film. Um, it was funny being asked to do this one because I was like, oh, yes, I do, but I don't, but mm. I do, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> when did you last see Bad Boy Bobby? Uh, a couple of years ago. Mm. I I watched it once when I was a teenager and shouldn't have watched it mm. and yeah watched it again recently out of morbid curiosity as to was it really that intense and it was okay. it's pretty intense the performances are phenomenal nicholas hope nicholas no that's the other guy no that's nicholas hope i keep thinking nicholas holt is the about a boy kid. No, he's yeah he's what a day <laughs> what a lovely day yes yeah um no nicholas hope is 
incredible. I think it was his career-defining, career potentially career-killing mm. <laughs> film. You know, those roles where people can't disassociate you from the role? Mm. Yeah, it's one of those. Um, I love that you know nothing about this, <laughs> Andrew. The more you talk about it, the more worried I get. Mm. It just... Keeps it, it's very intense. Tis. There's a lot going on. Tis. Career defining and ruining moments. Like, Tis. I mean, I mean, I just, but you know, like, but that, you know, that's the same for comedians. Like, there's certain film people who can't play another character. Like the Friends cast, it's hard for them to play another character. Yeah. Matthew Perry is always Chandler Bing. Those sort of things. Absolutely. Nicholas Hope is always Bad Boy Bubby. Yeah, indeed, and. Uh, I mean, the listeners will have had uh, the the content warning, uh, but I should give you the content warning as you don't get to hear the pre-recorded content warning that goes at the start of the podcast. Um, this film does contain uh, troubling things, uh, but it, I think specifically the thing that this film is quite notorious for is depicting um, animal cruelty. As right. Well. Okay. It doesn't depict it. It enacts it. Enacts it to a point. Yeah. All right. We will get on to that, but just so you know. That is that is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like cats? I, do, I come from a family of vets. Oh, okay. Um, which is both a good and a bad thing because yeah. I'm slightly desensitized towards that kind of stuff. Well, there is an explanation to the cruelty in this. It doesn't justify it in any way, I don't, mm. I don't personally think. But there is, when they went about it, there was thought put into how and how they do it. Mm. So we can talk about that yeah. later. I, I, I suppose it's probably important to flag as the last film we had was Cannibal Holocaust, which had a footage of animals being killed. Yeah, and monkeys, brains being eaten and yeah. stuff like that. Jesus, that's yeah. what? Well, this film <laughs> doesn't show real footage of an animal actually dying. That, no. That, but but it gets about as close to that as you can. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's the thing and to be aware of. And it's a comedy. Yeah. It's what kind of. Your, I'm so confused. It's a. It's it's yeah. yeah it's um listed as a the a very 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 black comedy. The blackest of comedies. Yes. Because the thing is, with 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 a name like this, I was thinking it could be anything from a cartoon kids show to a full on horror and anything in between. Yeah. The name gives nothing away. Nope. Yeah. And I now. Yep, it's... Yep, I'm... (laughs) Well, shall we watch Bad Boy Bubby? I don't know if I want to anymore. (laughs) Well, we can pick something else. We'll lock the doors. We'll lock you in. Okay. I mean, I'm here now. We're going to watch the film. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, okay. Well, for those of you listening at home, uh, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and remember, if the poison doesn't get you, God will. I don't think we've ever done an intro to a movie that has made people want to watch it less yeah. than this one. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, strap in because we're going to watch Bad Boy Bubby. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Bad Boy Bubby. You are far too excited about that. <laughs> it's the tone I use for every film. <laughs> I'm trying to maintain it, just to be fair. And we're joined once again by Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. 
And back from Canada, Andrew Dawson. Hello. Uh, Dawson, that was your first time watching Bad Boy Bubby. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the film? Um, I... That is not a movie I would have chosen to watch of my own free will. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen did force me to watch it. It wasn't. Uh, it, you could have left at any time. Fifty dollars, free drink. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, look, I may have not for like entertainment viewing, like yeah. you know, casual viewing. Mm. Um, but at this point, I genuinely don't have words <laughs> to describe how I feel. Uh, there was just so much going on. Mm. So much. Yeah. It's. I'll be honest. This was my first time watching it as well. <laughs> but I, it, it's hard to know because we're, we're literally five minutes from having just watched it. You know, we've we've had a little a little pace around. We've got a cup of tea, like that kind of thing. We're, we're sort of, the cat. Yeah, we, we, oh, <laughs> we don't have a cat. Not anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm it's ver- in the freezer. Ah, I'm very I'm very grateful. There's not a cat around right now because I'd just be like holding it, going, "It's okay. <laughs> Where it's you okay." Keep your cling wrap. Um, you know, that's the fun thing. I don't know where I keep it in this house, and now I'm glad. <laughs> now I'm glad. Um, yeah, it, but the thing is, is having, having just watched it for the first time, I really like that film. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like it's it's messed up, but I really enjoyed the journey of of what happens with with Bubby. But I think I enjoyed it because of how strange it was. Um, and it's a tricky one, because I don't know if it's a film that's... I think you have to really know the person you're recommending the film to. <laughs> if you're going to recommend Bad Boy Bubba, you have to be like... You have to know a lot of things about that person. Uh, Tegan, you said it had been a few years since you'd seen yeah. this. How, how was it revisiting? Uh, it still is shocking. Mm. That, like, there's nothing... It doesn't lose any of its shock value. I admired how much of the show don't tell nature like that i forgot about that they don't mm. explain absolutely anything yeah mm. so you do really feel like you've only got bubby's point of view to hold on to and his point of view is messy so mm. it's um it's really unsettling and i think that's so clever you think it, like a film like this nowadays would probably be made either with like a voiceover or there'd be explanations mm. to who people are people would introduce themselves and be like Hi, I'm the weird rabbi guy that's going to give you a pretty white suit and take you out to dinner. They don't do that. Mm. It's just like, oh, the band have taken him here mm. and that's happening. And now there's a man with a chainsaw. And now, oh, okay. So you really, you don't know where it's going to go next. And that, yeah. I think that was really, that's what we were saying. It was really fun watching <laughs> you watch it because... You couldn't. You can't. You can never fathom what the next step is. And and that's quite important, I think, for the fact that for Bubby, as a character, having spent the first third of this film in this awful situation, which we'll go into more detail about mm. a, a, a little bit further on, but then to have him thrust into the world, and the fact that the world, he just gets pinged around the world yeah. of of and you're Adelaide. Scared. Yeah, can and you he's... trust this person? Yeah. Oh no, you can't. Oh, you can trust this one. Like you're. Re- as horrible as the things he's done and do through the film are, mm. you still want him to find people that are going to care for him. And it's such a relief. I'm so glad it's got a happy ending. Yeah, because he doesn't know any better. No. Which is the thing, like, he does do awful things, but it's that... And like like you were saying earlier, it's 
it wouldn't be the same film if it didn't have the first act completely in an isolated it's showing his his previous life yeah. because otherwise you wouldn't feel sympathetic for him and yeah. you would just think that he's a monster yeah because the story of bad boy bubby if you're choosing to listen to this instead of watching it is um bubby is a 35 year old man who lives at home with his mother nothing unusual about that except for the fact that he has been imprisoned in his home for the entirety of his life and when we're introduced to this character we see what is essentially his daily routine his mother um, and himself have a sexual relationship, mm-hmm. um, which is depicted several times in, in that opening sequence. She is quite... She's physically abusive of him. Um, she uses religion, and specifically the figures of God and Jesus, as almost like omnipotent babysitters. Mm-hmm. And she has convinced Bubby that the outside world is poisonous and that you have to wear a gas mask to go outside. So whenever she leaves this windowless, squalid, um, for want of a better shit word, hole. home that they're, that they're in, but it is a shithole. Mm. Um, she puts on a gas mask and often tells him, you don't move. And we see that he doesn't move. He stays in that seat and he soils himself mm. when he's in that seat for, for hours on end. And he's in this horrible, awful, abusive entrapment situation without realising it because to him, it this has probably been his entire life yeah. and he you know he doesn't know you shouldn't be engaging sexually with your mother he doesn't know that the well, way that's he... almost that's his reward yeah that's, she calls him good boy bubby when he's when, when they're, they're having sex having sex that's yeah. when he's doing good yeah and the only other things he has in terms of beings to interact with is the cat who is um kept in like a little lock box um, and the cockroaches, who he likes to pull the legs off and sort of reassemble and deassemble and all mm. of this thing. So the the film spends quite a bit of time establishing this situation that Bubby is in. And I think it does it really well, with the exception of the use of the cat. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, th- I, th- I th- that's the thing that I think is really the most problematic element of this film is the fact that they had a cat that they used in the film and the way it worked was they they went and got a cat that was due to be euthanized from a shelter they filmed scenes with the cat while it was alive then when the cat needed to be dead in the film they let the cat go and get euthanized brought the cat's body back and then that cat's body was used for those scenes yeah and whilst it's we we, we let you know beforehand as well dawson that yes. that was what was going on because <laughs> Um, Tegan certainly as the person that had seen the film didn't feel that it was fair I, I think it's quite unfair to throw people into that particularly because I well see I'd yeah. I, I'd forgotten about the second cat as yeah. well which was also there's, there's two cats mm. um, but it's the it's what it, it's it's watching a cat that is not that it would make any difference but if I think if the cat was feral mm. you'd maybe be like I mean, I worked at the bloody Cat Haven as well, mm. so I think that's part of it too. But you look at the behaviour of that cat, it's, it's someone, that cat was someone's pet. Mm. It, it's not an antisocial cat. It's a terrified cat that's tied with a string. And even in that scene, it's been clearly tied to that chair for so long. Mm. And I'm, they've justified it by saying, well, it's a cat that was going to be euthanised. I'm like, oh, could you have just rehomed it or something? I know you needed it, but... 
Mm. My God, you used a fake. You used fake fur you later on in the movie. Yeah, you could have. And the fact is, is so the way the dead cat is depicted as well, it's wrapped in cling film because Bubby learns about not breathing. Yeah, um, when his mother his chokes mom, him out at one point. Yeah, or well, she tells him that because um, Pop has been back by. Oh no! How did she get the cat? It's when she yeah. said the. They got they got the cat from outside, and she and that's when he starts to question. Which I thought was really. In, I love how they pepper in that he's not stupid. Mm. He's the very smart. Film. He's very smart. He's just been so closeted mm. that he ha- can only learn and experience what's in his room. But he's that's that's. I love that moment where he goes not breathing. So that's when that starts to become an apparent, and yeah. then Pop arrives and he does that too. But the cat, yeah, yeah. But the, the the fact is, is the the dead cat is de- always depicted essentially wrapped in cling film. Yeah. With maybe just the head poking out. I feel like you could have achieved that with a pretty effective fake. Absolutely, absolutely. And like the fact that it was, you know, seeing the actor shaking around the the body of a dead cat, didn't love it. No. Uh, that, I, 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 that, no. that, yeah, it was that, awful. It was. I, I, I kind of. This wanted that... to fast forward through that bit just because yeah because it was even though it was you know they say the cat was put down humanely the fact is is we matter. saw it doesn't matter and we saw the cat not being treated very yeah. well that's that what i was going to say yeah. in the film it was like you said tied to a string and you could mm. see it like get pulled and yeah. like yeah. and it was terrified because the... there's smacking and hitting happening around it it's already traumatized mm. and it was hissing back at yeah. the actor as well from mm. the cage like it wasn't was not treated kindly no. before it was... No. Yeah. No. And then the second cat, we should say, the kitten that is found later in the film that Bubby wants to care for and is then unfortunately killed by those street kids. Um, that cat survived the making of the film. Uh, but but what <laughs> so happened... It's weird that we have to but they yeah, drugged say it. that. But they, they drugged but it for a scene in a movie. They drugged it for the effect of it looking dead so that um, Nicholas Hope can pick it up and yeah. we can go, oh my and God, that's a dead cat. that cat... So to also say, the cat in the cling film is also in the cling film when it's alive. Yes, there is a scene yes, when it's alive shot, and it's right? in yeah. the cling film. And so, I, I think it's important to talk about that quite upfront because mm. I think it, like, I think this film would have done a lot better, particularly in the long run, if they had not abused the cat. If they'd not abused or shown the cat being abused in that way while it was alive. Yeah. Like we didn't necessarily need to see the the alive cat cling wrapped no we could have seen it we could have seen a a fake dead cat cling wrapped and got and still gotten the same story beat of oh bubby has figured out or is experimenting with the idea of what not breathing is and they could have achieved that and it still would have been horrifying for us particularly because we have seen an alive cat but we didn't need to see it wrapped up we didn't need to see it getting pulled on the string i understand why they would have made the decision to do it because they wanted to depict that. And they, but, I feel like they wanted to make you feel uncomfortable yeah, as well. But I feel like they're bastards for doing that. Like, that, that's yeah. the it's thing. The sa- it yeah. falls into that cannibal holocaust, you know, just where they've justified what they're doing. They found a way to justify it and make it comfortable for themselves to mm. do it. So in cannibal holocaust, it was because the tribe were eating the food. Yeah. In this one, it's well. The cat was going to get euthanized anyway. We want to do this, and this is a feral cat that mm. needs to be put down. That's how, what they've told themselves. But then yeah. they've gone ahead and done it, and it it, it doesn't. Mm. It's not justifiable. When you watch it, you go, well, "It's not justifiable." There's no. nothing in that. There's, no, there's not. And then the, the second cat is where you, 
that was the part for me where I went, you've just drugged a cat. I appreciated so you can be on a be on film. I appreciated that he actually cared for that cat though, gave yeah, it a same, good pat and same. cuddled it. I was like, good, good. And then they drugged it. I was like, okay, you've lost. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's important to flag up as well before we kind of really get into depth of the rest of the film because the rest of this film is really good. It's like, incredible. like just just in terms of how it's written, how it's performed. I think there's, I, I think the central performance is phenomenal, but but that depiction. And I say depiction, but but the animal cruelty that is on show, that is real and depicted yeah. uh, throughout the film, is it's it's a big asterisk, I guess, next yeah. to the film when you look back on it. It's, where it's, it's like, very hard to score. Like thinking about scoring a film, yeah. it's very hard to yeah to score. But yeah, and yeah, it's a shame because once you get the introduction of the character of Pop, and the cat is essentially largely forgotten to mm. an extent at that point. Because really, the stuff with the cat, which is probably the most shocking, is all in the first 20 minutes of the film, of a okay. two-hour film. And then you have the character of Pop turning up, and it turns out that's Bubby's father, um, who is this, like, fallen preacher <laughs> air character. And he turns up, and he wants to reconnect with Flo, and he didn't realise that he had a son and all of this stuff. All of that information's happening, but I think it's really interesting that we can't always hear it because you've got this buzz that seems to be present in Bubby's head that we're hearing during those scenes. Like we had to turn it up at a point, turn the volume yeah. up because we were like, yeah, we can't quite hear it. And then I realised, I was like, oh, I don't know that we're meant to hear it super clearly because we're meant to focus on Bubby sort of tuning in and out of what's happening. With and the him. lines that he tunes into are the ones that he copies. Mm. Which was a really, really interesting device to use mm. throughout the entire film. It was... Mm quite fun listening to him uh listening to him listen to other people and trying to work out when he was going to use that dialogue in the future because you would see him focus on a person when they were saying something when he was taking it in and then you could think okay he's going to use this later when is he when is he going to use this Mm. and of course most times it's in a very bad poor timed moment Mm. (laughs) Telling cops to piss off and <laughs> yeah, with such joy at well. <laughs> the top of a convertible car. Yeah, piss off, get out of the road. Could have had sex with that woman, like every other woman. I had so much sex. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So it it, it is wild. Bubby um, gets out of his house because he murders his parents by accident. Like I don't think the intent for him when he puts the cling wrap over them is to kill them. Because he doesn't still doesn't quite know what death is. Yeah. yeah. But I think he might have an idea of what it is with the fact that I've cling wrapped the cat. The cat has now stopped doing stuff. And it's interesting because well maybe he does have a concept of it because when he clings wraps his father, he's holding him in and making sure that it happens. Yeah. But then when he cling wraps his mother and she doesn't fight back really because she's fast asleep. But he gives her that kiss on the head as well. I'm wondering if like, he doesn't quite have an understanding of the consequence of what murder is. I don't think that's there at all. Maybe he doesn't... He disassociates not breathing from death. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't... She doesn't really talk to him about what death is. She just says that they're not breathing. Mm. So maybe there's a... He knows that it's bad, but... Because he's felt it. He's felt what not breathing is like, and it's made him panic. Mm. But it doesn't... He doesn't understand death as a concept. Yeah. 
Um, but he he does end up killing his parents. Not mm. the last time he'll kill some parents in this film. Uh, and then, yeah, he goes out into the world because what else is he going to do? He's in a house with a bunch of corpses. He's just like, right. He heads out into the world. Um, and boy... <laughs> This what? is where the journey begins. This is yeah, because this should be wild. Adelaide Council's um, tourism campaign. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. You just uh, just like come and see our scrapyard. It's the city of churches. It is. I mean, so... well and truly the city of churches in this film. Uh, you know, very very hospitable people. You know, meet a member of the Salvation Army. You can fill all of them up, and one of you, one of them, will take you out for dinner, and then bang mm. you silly while singing your songs. Absolutely. That that to me is one of the wildest bits of the film. Is he? It's his first night out in the town. You know, he sees it's charity, Stephen. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> it's given it for the people. Yeah. Okay, I misunderstood. Uh, but yeah, he he encounters it's buckets a- and blowjobs <laughs> with some pizza. Yeah, and pizza. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I mean, I was on board with I, I was on board with him like being taken out for dinner by the Salvation Army. I did like that they paid for it out of the tin. That was very that funny. That was funny. Um, but yeah. No, and, and it's clearly... <laughs> sorry, my favourite part of that scene was when the chick goes, the usual, because they must do it every <laughs> fucking Friday. <laughs> Go and sing, get some money for the poor, and then just buy pizza. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the singing was lovely. He finds them, uh, you know, feels them up, uh, you know, men and women, uh, because his interaction with his mum was a lot of breast touching. Uh, he only had that what like few days interaction with another male. Apart from that, I don't know if he'd had no interaction True. with another male. Yeah, and yeah, because he touches the male uh, singer first and like it's touches his chest, and that and he's like, oh. And then he finds a female singer and touches her, and she's just like moves him along <laughs> politely, just like so casually, like hand off and yeah. down. She's like, God, let thee move away on <laughs> and la la. And he goes to the singer at the end, and she is like, you know, being very nice to him, and they go for dinner, and then. They're having uh, sex in, I don't know, was it a hostel? Like a, a, not, her apartment. Or her, yeah. Well, but she wasn't there in the morning, I don't think. Um, but did she leave a note on him? Did we find out what that note said? No. There was like a note stuck to his, uh, yeah, I, I, his I, shoulder. I don't think that note got read. I think later on there's a note from the band. <laughs> but Yeah, because he band. joins a band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and I thought that scene was really interesting because, of course, for for Bubby's perspective, entire life in this shitty hovel goes out into the world, finds a woman who immediately sort of reciprocates by feeding him and then having sex and singing a song. And so he is then set up to be like, well, the two women I've met in my life had sex with me. So this is what women obviously do. This is obviously the function that they serve. And then the rest of the film is him learning... That that's not the case, and from that, most people, from most people, you know, very. I mean, we say most people. He, he, who else did he sleep with in this film? He slept with Angel. Angel, and it was obviously that the 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 prison rape scene, which this film has as well. Mm. Um, but we, we, I don't think we count that one. Uh, he almost had a a threesome that that's the band right. organised, yeah. but then he was said they're not Angel's tits, then walked out. Mm. So player is, is just had a wild time. I mean, this man. I mean, that band must think he's a legend. Like he comes in, he makes their band famous, and he like refuses to sleep with a threesome setup thing. <laughs> they must be like, this guy's hardcore. <laughs> um, but yeah, he just has this wild adventure. So after the uh, night with the um, Salvation Army lady, he's sort of 
let loose in the middle of Adelaide by himself, you know, gets thrown out of the print works. And again, like Adelaide of all places. He should have just gone places. to the Rundle Mall Hungry Jack. He should have. where everyone goes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was... Was that around in 90? I bet it was. Yeah, probably. I bet it was. Um, but yeah, he, he wanders about. I mean, the notes that I have are just nonsense. <laughs> you know, it's just... Um, you know, it's just things like, there's a scrapyard. <laughs> um, you know, thrown out the print works. Um, yeah, bullies the cop. <laughs> <clears throat> gets picked up by a truck full of musicians and joins a band. <laughs> and we had several points during the film where we just said, five minutes ago, he was in a band. Five minutes ago, he was having sex with a stranger. Mm. Like, it just jumps around so quickly. He was in so a science place. A very <clears throat> large science... Like a brewery. Yeah. yeah. It's probably the Cooper's Brewery or something. It could be, but... Point I it. love that Grant Spiro was every single... Shop assistant. Yeah, that was, that was pretty great. Same person in every one. There's some really fun little comments on, I don't know, the banality of that world. What what things do matter and what things don't matter. Mm. Well, that was really funny. And, and I think the sort of general message that we get through this film is there's a lot of discussion about the role of, of God and religion. Mm. And Bubby has had this figure of God uh, looming over him. That was a thing as well. There was some, don't see that very often in movies, some full-on, full-frontal male nudity. Yeah. Which isn't isn't very common in, in films. In the first four minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they didn't shy away from it at the beginning. They kind of let you know exactly mm. what kind of, or not what kind of film it was going to be, but what they were willing to do to yeah. show a story. There's a lot of people they treated with, Real dignity in the film too. Like the, I, I thought Angel was a beautiful character. Really mm. interesting. The scene in the shower where she says she doesn't, she won't show Pop her tits, but she'll show Bubby. Mm. That was fascinating. And then the, the storyline around um, supporting people with cerebral palsy, mm. and the my god, that girl's performance as well. The, oh yeah. Oh my god, her performance. Yeah. Was incredible. Yeah, so that was um, Rachel Huddy, who played the character of Rachel. She I think it's her only film credit. was in... I can't... It, mm. Just the tears and the... Oh, my God. It was just... That yeah. scene was devastating. It was. And, 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 and that's just it, is, you know, this character of Bubby is being used to just sort of showcase just all these different little tiny bits of society of this sort of early 90s Australia, mm. which is almost always under construction. Like, everywhere is a construction site. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you know, everyone is pretty unhappy, to be honest. Like, there's not a lot well, of... Well, it is Adelaide yeah. as well. True, but 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 I, I don't know that this film really embraces, like, a, a South Australia or Adelaide identity. I think they kept it quite generic in terms of... True. This it is did just look, a yeah, it did look like a, I, I only say that because I think... You think of Adelaide now. The joke about Adelaide is when the festivals aren't on... <laughs> It's Radelaide. Yeah. <laughs> Festivals are Radelaide, then there's nothing. Yeah. Um, it's very quiet. And it's a beautiful place, but it, it feels like maybe like Perth in the late 90s, early mm. 2000s, where yeah. Perth has become a more... I mean, as I understand it, Perth used to be that have that reputation that Adelaide now seems to have. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, so it's... Yeah, I, I think it's quite interesting that they chose... We only know it's Adelaide because there were a couple of shots of buildings that you know had like uh, the Port of Adelaide on yeah. the side of it, and um, that's that's the, really the only giveaway. Some of the main streets are identifiable, but that's yeah. it really. Um, but it's 
I think it's quite interesting that, yeah, that the, the society that Bubby is kind of thrown out into, which to him is this, I suppose, almost magical world, considering he was in a horrible room for 35 years. It's quite, I think it's quite interesting that he's shown a lot of kindness. Like that woman who he doesn't sleep with, uh, <laughs> who picks him up um, at the bakery and is offering to take him somewhere to get him help until he... Uh, calls out the cop and gets punched in the but guts. But he grabs her boob in the car. Yeah, and, and she, she doesn't care. She's like, all right. Yeah. I think I think because she knows that something uh, isn't quite right True. with him. So she's like, you're probably just doing it because you don't, because you don't know any better and something's, like, we'll go find you help. But I don't think for a lot of people that would be an acceptable thing. And I think in a lot of I, th- I think I think if this film wasn't being set up the way that it was, I think in most other films, if somebody did that, that's almost an immediate getting thrown out of the car. And, and that being said, there are instances where Bubby uh, goes to touch a woman because they remind him of his mother, mm. and he ends up in jail, or he gets the sh- oh he's on the floor, or he getting... gets the shit kicked out yeah. of him by a bunch of bingo ladies. Like you know, it's it, it like he does have negative consequences which the film shows to that as well but it it was just interesting that we encountered a few instances where there wasn't a negative consequence like i don't the women don't feel like they're objectified in it in a weird way there's Mm. i don't know it's funny and fascinating to watch because the women choose if they're they're like if they're okay with it or if they're not okay with it yeah i like i don't know how else to describe it it's just funny to watch um, how they, even the fact that they're larger women and they're older women, hmm. and it, he really finds them beautiful in that that cute scene, cute distressingly mm. traumatic <laughs> scene with her, with her parents, with Angel's parents at mm. the end, and he's like, "Angel's beautiful, yeah, fuck God, Angel's the best, like, yeah, like yeah, she is, yeah, and it's it's interesting as well because when you're looking at like." the depictions of sexual assault the main sexual assault in this film is on bubby in prison when um the 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 inmate known as the animal this nude shit covered man who had shit smeared across the wall yes just just started um sexually assaulting him and the guards put him in there the The guard got annoyed at him because he because he ruined being on night he ruined bagpipe recital or whatever was going on and they never explained why there were bagpipers in the prison doing their thing i don't know if that's a particular australian prison tradition South australian justice system yeah every morning bagpipes 6 a.m but yeah he gets thrown in with this prisoner who's called the animal obviously they know he's gonna cause harm to bubby i don't know why that scene's in the film they, so then he sees the warden and the warden says, you've done your penance now. Mm. Don't come back here. It's like, it was almost like rough justice. Like well, where they've, yeah. it was so strange. But I don't know what comment that's trying to make. That's the thing. Whereas I feel like a lot of the other commentary on mm. from this film is quite clear. I feel like if that's attempting to comment on something to do with the justice system, I, I didn't get it. And I don't no. know that it was terribly clear. Because that's the kind of thing where if that scene was taken out of the film, would it make any difference? And not really. Probably no. Not. There's there's no there's no follow up from that. You know, there's there's nothing about him being more afraid of men or no. being afraid of And that's that tricky part sexual, where Yeah. Yeah. Because then he goes to the church and meets the dude on the organ who hates God. He's not actually a church guy. Mm. He, he takes just... him to the brewery, is what I'm gonna call it. Mm talks about science and then was that that was the moment 
where I think you were tripping out the most because it we were oh because like, it just jumped from scene to scene to yeah. scene so quickly yeah. and so many different locations in such a small amount of time. Which works with what you were saying about the cinematographers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, yeah, your little trivia. Yeah, uh, a little preview bit of trivia before we jump into the main trivia um, is that, yeah, this film had 32 different cinematographers. Wow. And normally on a film, they tend to stick with one. It's kind of a... For obvious reasons. Yeah, we, we want a uniform look. <laughs> but one scriptwriter? I actually don't know. I'll have a look. The idea was to have a different DP for every new place that Bubby went to, not only to give the film a more experimental feel, but also to eliminate the worry of having to always have the same crew on set every day. So maybe so that they could, like, I don't know, abuse an animal, and then when all the crew walk out, another crew comes in and it's not a problem. I would like to see it as they're, you know, doing it for the crew. Hey, you guys rest. You've been working really hard. Have a a week off. It's fine. Yeah. No. (laughs) I tried, okay. Wish, I tried. Yeah, I tried we to cover it. We, yeah, that would that would have been nice. But um, I mean, I, I mean, the idea of working with a different crew on every different location feels a bit nightmarish. Like mm. having, having worked on on some film sets and like the roles are so. That feels specific. like they've made an excuse. They couldn't find crews to commit to a full film because mm. of how messed up the film content is. Yeah, that they've. Split it up into short. They just t- oh, it's just a short film. It's just a short film. Mm. Maybe or maybe to get people to do it for free or for cheaper. It actually sounds a bit sus. Uh, just, a little bit. Just the single writing credit, and it is Rolf to here. So writer director Rolf to here. Right. I I do think that the different cinematographers did make a big difference. Definitely. Because you can. Well, I was going to say before you can. With the jumping around, you really can feel like you are viewing things through his eyes because it's just so much jumping around and because every scene is a bit different. Just filmed... Like, it just feels different every time. Mm. Like, in the brewery, there's that really long, wide shot that just keeps going back. So far back, you can't even see the characters. Mm. Um, And then other scenes, especially the band scenes and everything, it's just Mm. all close up and movement and it's, it's very different. I mean, the story does have quite a happy ending. So, Bubby meets Angel and starts working with the um, people with cerebral palsy. Which he can... I found it weird that he could understand them. I didn't know how I felt about that. That he could just magically understand what everyone was saying. Yeah, it's... It does seem to come out of nowhere. But it is also something that Bubby can do, which he... It, which is immediately shown to be a a helpful and good thing, which is something we haven't seen a lot of from Bubby in the film. Whenever he tries something, like his mimicry skills, which are pretty excellent mm. as an actor, yeah, like really good, really but, solid work. But he's not really re- rewarded for that mimicry. Um, yeah, certainly not by his parents. Um, mm. And the band sort of tolerate him, but they also think he's. Just, oh, what a wild guy. You know, I don't know that they really truly appreciate him until the end of the film. Until he makes them famous. Yeah, basically. Um, I wonder uh, if it's alluding to the fact that he's, he's, like, how he's processing the world. So he's processing it so new. Everything is new. Like, sometimes I think when, when you... When someone has a, 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 a different accent or something like that, we, we're so used to hearing and processing things in a certain way that we we dismiss things that sound a bit different and he's he's absorbing every single thing that he hears and sees. Mm. Maybe that's... They didn't really explain it too well. Yeah. But I accepted it. 
I wasn't sure if going. I did. Yeah. I was like, cool. But it, but it did lead to him working uh, with, with Angel, who uh, is very accommodating, I think, has to be said. Um, and they form a romantic relationship. Bubby's performing in a band, and everyone's like, hey, this hip new band are doing really great. It's got this great priest um, gimmick. <laughs> it's a very experimental It's extremely band. experimental. Very well shot, those mm. sequences. Like, it was, was some of my favorite stuff in the film. Like, with the, with the lights coming from down very mm. close up of his face yeah. microphone right center yeah looked really cool it did look really cool but it also it, it was just fascinating and then of course yeah he um he goes and meets the parents of angel and murders them <laughs> off screen because they are terrible people uh who uh, are fat shaming their daughter i don't know why she took them for dinner in the first place seemed like an odd choice i think maybe she was like this guy seems like he knows his way around a piece of cling wrap i wonder <laughs> but no she did take him to meet her parents so her parents immediately reject angel continuously you know with just awful ho- comments ho- horrible abusive things first time you want to finish your dinner you fat slut and all that exact kind of quote that i was going to say yeah and it's like okay these people can go away and bubby thinks the same thing um, and then because, murders yeah them. and then they have that beautiful gone with the wind style shot where they're so stood in the sunrise and angel's like oh look they were old anyway that cinematographer yeah has to have hat i cannot have not done that to look like gone with the wind yeah it it's was, so perfect. Just yeah. the silhouette on the light hill. Yes, the, with the red and the gold. Yeah. And the, it was so stunning. beautiful. It was really... And, and just the fact they're like, yeah, it was good you and killed so me. And so funny. Yeah. It's funny. And then, um, yeah, the band does really well. Bubby and Angel have sex in, I think, a church or somewhere with a big table. Um, maybe like a... But like hall. abandoned. It looked kind yeah. of... It's a nice table. Um, Very big, yeah. And then... All of a sudden, Angel is giving birth, which really <laughs> took you by surprise. Yeah. Uh, Stephen has a photo of me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> With a very shocked look on my face because it went, yeah, directly from them having sex in wherever it was. Then, yeah, jumped directly to a doctor taking out a second baby mm. or With pulling a second audience baby watching. from yeah. between Angel's legs. Uh, yeah, with the band and a camera crew yeah. looking through the, the window. Dog yeah, and, and Bubby's holding the first child. And then they're in a garden and they're having a nice time. And Angel's got a little black kitten and the credits roll. And I believe the words you said, Dawson, was, that can't be where this film ends. <laughs> I don't accept that ending. <laughs> but that is where it ends. Bubby, um, yeah, he settles down, has kids, presumably... A nice life. I feel like now that I've had it a little bit more time to process it, I accept it a little bit more. Yeah. But when it first happened, absolutely not. <laughs> that Why? is not because there was just too much going on in terms of uh like again, I know it's he didn't know any better, but he still murdered four people. Yeah, but then the film goes out of its way to have him meet with that one band member who's interested in all the world's religions and goes, Oh, Killing people is bad, Bubby. You should stop doing that. And maybe don't tell anyone. He's like, okay. Okay, problem solved. Yes. <laughs> but I... it, it was just like there was no comeuppance thing for that. And I felt like even though he didn't know any better, there still should have been a little like, yeah, dude, you murdered four people. Yeah. Some kind of But they were all they were all bad people. The only the only thing that he killed that didn't 
warrant it was the cat. But it's still murder. Mm. I'm glad he killed them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, like I said, I think... Look at that dinner that they served. What the fuck was that giant fish? fish? Yeah. What was that? I don't know. I wouldn't finish my plate either. The, the, all the food in this film didn't look great. Even the pizza. I was like that. Yeah, that pizza. Looked it good. looks that, like that burnt looks olive pizza. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 meant to be going to Adelaide in a few weeks, so I'm hoping. Oh, I hoping can tell you where to get good pizza. Oh, good yeah. olive burnt Amalfi's. pizza. Amalfi's. Amalfi's. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll make my way there. Um, would you guys like some additional trivia about Bad Boy Bubby? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Will it traumatize us? Uh, yes. yes. Uh, oh, oh, that was one more thing I wanted to quickly oh, bring yes, up. Yes. Was the music? Yeah. The, the film is filled with lots and lots of music. Obviously, he joins a band, so yeah. that's a different thing. But like the bagpipes, there's the there's the organ, there is the band, and they all. Uh, I don't. Know, it just brings something really interesting to it because obviously there's some kind of language barrier for him Mm. because he just mimics people he doesn't really speak his own words Mm. and i think uh having that kind of barrier music would talk to him more because Mm. it makes him feel things and i thought it was really interesting how much they used music to to show the story i can't remember is there any music when he's in the flat on his own, or is it very minimal? There's just, no, just there's when no he gets nothing. Yeah. Just hum. when he gets to the outside world. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's the hum. It's that, just the yeah, boom. that's right. Because that plays into that where that would be such an overwhelming feeling to hear. And he's drawn music for the to a choir. Time. It's like the first thing that mm. he's drawn to is this Salvation Army because they're singing. It was his and then Salvation. It was, and then when he has sex with the Salvation Army lady. She sings while they're having sex, yeah. and so yeah, it it is a very musical film. Maybe that's what the two girls in the threesome needed to do. They need to be singing while they were like, "Come and join us, Bubby. Come and join us. <laughs> yeah. Come and join us. Da da da." Uh, okay, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it's not true, don't blame me. Uh, speaking of sound, most of the sound was recorded by two binaural microphones that were hidden in the actor Nicholas Hope's ears. Really? Yeah. So most of the sound that we're hearing in the film is from the ear perspective of Bubby. That is wild. Mm. Wow. And really, that's really cool. For 30 years ago as yeah. well. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And now I can understand why some of the uh, dialogue was maybe a little bit quiet and not easy for us to hear. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's It's fascinating yeah and just such an interesting thing to do perspective wise um the cockroach that bubby ate was real nicholas hope ate an actual cockroach in this film you do what you gotta do for art yes no (laughs) don't except (laughs) except for euthanizing just act yeah (laughs) yeah once again though nobody complained about the cockroach being killed no no it's mammalist mammalist (laughs) yes Yeah, mammal favoritism. All them bloody nepo mammal babies out there. <laughs> um, the only other bit of trivia, because we we have talked a lot about the the, the cats already, um, was the wheelchair robbery. The very oh, brief oh, yeah. instance, yeah, where the guy in the wheelchair speeds past and uh, the guy's chasing after him. Um, that was based on an actual event that um, Rolf de Hoor saw while he was writing the script. So he saw a guy in a wheelchair rob someone and went, that's going in. That's amazing. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I don't think it's very often you'd see someone 
in a wheelchair stealing a purse from someone and then just like just because he was going for it in that scene so he, yeah. he was speeding away he really was but um, yeah just, just a fun little extra thing where he was like oh, well that's going in fantastic I mean we have to score this film now and uh, Dawson we have to score it out of 10 uh, as you may remember flag that Dawson also watched this film with a dragon painted on his face yes we should say <laughs> we're recording this on uh, Invasion Day stroke Australia Day pick survival day preference yes yeah uh, it's January the 26th yeah. uh, it's got a lot of names and Dawson was out at a family birthday event. Yes, I want to. I want to uh, make sure I preface this by saying you're, that you're, it is not in celebration yeah. of no, Australia. No, it was a birthday event. Day. But yes. because you were at a public event, which coincides with Australia Day, the pub had face painters in. Yes, and so you, being a mature, responsible adult, obviously went for a dragon to, on the side of your face. I, I actually said to the face painter that I give you artistic license to draw what you to paint what you want because I mm. trust your uh, your artistic endeavors I mean it looks great and she chose a it's like a Chinese style yeah. dragon yes. um, I think it's great I love it yeah I particularly loved watching it during the film as your eyebrows went <laughs> higher and higher and the dragon like pushed more into your hair <laughs> of like what's going on <laughs> The dragon was just as confused as I was. Yes, indeed. I just wanted the world to know that <laughs> the other bit of joy that we got from this viewing. <laughs> it's been an odd review. Um, but uh, we do have to score Bad Boy Bubby um, or the Australian Mr. Bean, as I think it should be called. <laughs> he Definitely. He kind of just is Mr. Bean. If Rumper Stomper and Mr. Bean had a baby, <laughs> it would this be would Bad be Boy the, Bubby. Yeah. Bad boy beanie. <laughs> uh, but we do have to score it. Uh, we're going to uh, score it out of 10. We're still on the same scoring system as when you left. Um, we fully acknowledge it's really hard to score films in general. This is just us trying to reflect how we feel about the film. Uh, one being, oh, and 10 being, woohoo. Different forms of woo. Yeah, very different <laughs> forms of woo. Um, Dawson, what score would you give Bad Boy Bubby out of 10? It is really hard because without... I know we keep coming back to the cats, but without that, it would score higher mm. as like a more experimental style film. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, definitely not like my casual Friday night viewing yeah. rom-com. Uh, it, I, I, I don't know. Mm. Because... Oh, there's just so many factors that go into this, and I still haven't had time to process it fully. <laughs> it's hard. It, it, it's really difficult. Um, but I'm still going to push you for one. I'm sorry. It's going to make me do it. Yeah, I mean, unless, unless Tegan, you have a number in mind already. I do. Okay. Um, and it, I, But I fully agree. It is very hard to condone the film because of the animal cruelty... How it, so, I've got it in two minds. Part of me wants to not score it at all mm -hmm. because that would take into consideration, you know, the the parts that are abhorrent in it with the cats. Mm. Um, if that wasn't there, it would be an eight out of ten mm. for me because it really is a fascinating film to watch. Mm. So, let's let's say cats aside, mm. I'm going to score it. Eight toffee beards out of ten. Okay. Oh, that was a fun scene. I loved that. He he smeared toffee on his straight from the saucepan. I might add yeah. that would have been hot. So hot. And yeah. then cut his hair and 
plastered his hair onto his face yeah. with the toffee. He's very sauce. creative. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's clearly not. He's not dumb. We no. know this, but he's just been. He's in this state of arrested development. That's why I'm comfortable giving it an eight. But my asterisk, my giant yeah. asterisk is. Uh, were this not the rules of the mm, podcast, yes. I wouldn't want to score it because it's it's a very hard moral thing to to weigh up yeah. because it is it is really, I mean it's 1993 as well, so we're only talking 30 years ago. We're not we're talking about a time where this was controversial at yeah. the time as well. So, but yeah, let's just say eight out of ten toffee beards. Did you find a similar thing with obviously we did Cannibal Holocaust mm. recently? Um, was this harder? Because it was more domesticated and animal. I, I, I think I understood the justification of it more in. I don't, didn't condone it, but they were. I, I think the justification in Cannibal Holocaust of this is what is being given to the traditional um, to the First Nations people of that area to eat. Mm. Um, and it's them commit hunting. Yes, then, the yeah, and they're in, doing most of the hunting. In except most for the, cases, yeah, except for the pig shooting. Yeah. Um, I can see how a film crew would go, oh, we can film this and this is fine to, to mm. do because um, there's, just that, there's just that line where you can find just where people can find themselves agreeing that things are okay. Yeah. This one, I kind of go, how did you agree that this was okay? Yeah. Because if your it, line is that this cat was going to get euthanized anyway, so let's torture it. That's not good. That's not a good line. No. Because then you could just do anything. That's like, right. Because and then the se- and then to have the second cat, we need it to look dead. Let's use a real cat. And drug like, it. why didn't you just go back to the fucking uh, center and get an already euthanized cat and have that looked like the kitten? Yeah. Just do that. I feel like because like someone had complained as they should. Quite have, possibly. And then they're like, "Oh no, we can't." I mean, the yeah. f- the film was shot in sequence, so. Like, it, it was shot in order of things happening. So by the time you get to the second cat, that first cat's already dead. So, and which vet is going, sure, I'll put a cat to sleep. I'll make a cat catatonic. Because it would have to be a vet that's done that. Yeah. So some vets come along for a thousand bucks and go on, I'll make this cat catatonic and wake it back up again. Because mm. it was breathing. You could see it was alive. Mm. But but it's cruel. It's so cruel. That's, that's the difference between this and Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very, it, it, very tricky it's, film. It, it's crueler than what Cannibal Holocaust did, and Absolutely. that's that's saying something. And they ate monkeys' brains, yeah, like into the camera. Yeah, so. just, I think I need to watch that film as well. Just I mean, to get a you, you can. Uh, <laughs> that is a thing that you can do. Yeah. But I'll leave that decision up to you. All right, Dawson. Now, having heard that, having had a bit more time, I did. I did have a bit more time. Yeah, um, and I think I definitely agree about like not wanting to score it. I think uh, that's where my head. Is that like just want to kick it out the door and be like, I don't feel comfortable like because it shouldn't be scored yeah. in terms of that. It should just be like, no, this that's not okay, and that's mm. it. Mm. Um, but yeah, if if we are putting it putting it aside to downplay it, um, <laughs> I think I think it should be factored in. But but I but I also understand. It then becomes a point of well, just how many points is a cat death worth? Well, exactly, and, and that's the tricky. Because then it's zero. Me, yeah, that's right. It's the, yeah. I'm the same. So that, yeah. that's that's. So it, it has it has to be with the asterisks of. That's how I feel. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just straight up zero. Otherwise, because it yeah. shouldn't be in there, and the yeah. fact that that is in there takes away anything else that's good in the film. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, like, is, is a cat death worth one star? Yeah. Sorry, one toffee beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So if that asterisk is there, I think like 
I'm in a weird place where like seven seems too high, six seems too low. So I'm going to have to do a good old six point five. You can do a six point five, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, because it's it is like I said, it is an experimental film. I felt I'm still not sure what some of the the messages there were, mm. which I'm a bit a bit, little bit hung up on. Um, I don't think my score would change too much if I did work things out. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I, I'm just not too sure about some of the. Some of the things that were in there, and like I said, yeah, the messages, I, I'd need some more time to think about those. Mm. Yeah, I mean, again, with the caveat of uh, cat deaths are not acceptable, animal cruelty is just not really acceptable in film. Yeah. Um, and this was extremely cruel. So, again, with the asterisks of, <laughs> of, of uh, film contains animal cruelty... It's such like, but the, the presence of animal cruelty for me is such a shame because I think this film's marvelous. Away from that, oh, away from like, if they just made the decision to depict it without actually harming any animals, and it's not that hard. It's done yeah. so often. Then I think this, and, and I think it honestly has affected the legacy of this film. This is a film that is in so many like best thirty films ever made yeah. in Australia, but it's never that high. And I think Tegan put it wonderfully when we were talking about it pre the recording, saying because everyone wants to acknowledge the importance of this film because it was a big award winning film at the Venice Film Festival and really helped put Australian cinema back on the map somewhat. But it's also it's also like it's a dirty little secret. It's almost you don't want to put it too high for fear of being depict seen as being like you're a sicko. Yeah. You like the film where they kill the cat. And this is that time, this is like Romper Stomper era. This is, there's so many films in this era of Australian mm. filmmaking that are like this. Mm. They're, that are like, Ugh, yucky and maybe a sign of the times sort of thing. Mm. But they, but they are beautifully made films mm. and need to exist. Yeah. Just with less dead cats. With less dead cats. So, uh, with that in mind though, I, I think this film is remarkable. I think it does some really great things. I think the central performance from Nicholas Hope is mm. one of the best I've seen in a long time. He is incredible. The The other thing that he's in that I just love is, you know, the, they did the TV series Changi back in the early 2000s, and it's about um, Australian POWs in the Changi war camps in Japan. I don't Japan. know. Oh, it is... But if it's got him in it, because he, he was phenomenal. He is incredible. He plays a Dutch... POW in that mm. um, it's beautiful it's like Stephen Curry Mark Priestley um, Tony Hayes um, all these beautiful actors and and then they've got the the older actors so Charles Bud Tingwell plays um, Stephen Curry so they they pair oh, okay. up and um, a whole bunch of beautiful old older Australian actors play them as um, veterans and it's them recounting their stories from the past, and they're all real accounts of what happened in um, in the Changi POW place. And um, I think Nicholas Hope's character has the dancing feet. He can't he can't stand still. There's a mm. a, a condition that they used to get in the um, in those places where they, their feet kept moving. So he plays this character who can't stop moving his feet, mm. and he's just devastating. He's such a good. He's just brilliant. Mm. And so yeah, beautiful. Again, I don't think this film works as well with a with a lesser actor. No. You you need that performance. Mm. You yeah. need to believe that performance. I like I was saying before, I could not imagine <clears throat> receiving that script, looking mm. at it and thinking I I could comfortably act all of that. Yeah. It's, um it's, also because of the problematic bits, but 
like it's there's just so much yeah. in it there's so much uh depth to that character mm. and like you said before his mimicry is incredible yeah he's he's phenomenal and i i think it's it's a really remarkable performance i think it's a remarkable film it's a shame they had to murder a cat and it's it, it, like it really does bring it down for me uh, in terms of like mm. oh this could have been like an all-time classic and i think it probably still is but yeah. I, but it is an all-time classic with an asterisk. So yes. uh, I'm going to give it eight and a half uh, chainsaw wielding men out of ten. Because <laughs> that was my favourite non sequitur in the film. Just Bloody r- greeny. Ripping a chainsaw right yes. in front of his face. Yeah. <laughs> and then just chopping down that tree. Can I tell you a funny story about Nicholas Hope that I know? Please do. So um, after he did Bad Boy Bubby, as all actors do, you know, you have your one success and then you go back to doing the shit jobs that you have to do. Mm. And over East, a lot of the actors do wine selectors, which is the, you know, they call you up and they, mm. they call people up to order wine. And my mate, Caitlin, she was working there and Nicholas Hope needed a job. And so he came to work at wine selectors mm. after Bad Boy Bubby. This is about 1994, 95. Mm. And she had to show him the ropes of how to use the phone systems and things like that. And um, on one of his first calls, uh, she they were she was with him, and everyone everyone was kind of looking around because they were really excited because everyone had seen Bad Boy Bubby and everyone knew who he was, and it was kind of weird that this creepy <laughs> Bubby was was working at Wine Selectors now. Mm. And um, I think he was taking his first ever order, and when he put it through, he put through a an order for um, sparkling wine. And she was trying to get his attention, and he he wasn't watching her. And she was she was trying to get to tell him not, but they didn't have any or something. They didn't have any, and she started going, "No bubbly, bad bubbly, bad bubbly, no bubbly, bad bubbly." And then, and then she said the entire room went dead quiet. And Nicholas said they all looked at her, and they because they thought she was making a joke about no him. Bubbly. No bubbly, bad bubbly. <laughs> That's very unfortunate. <laughs> did, did, did he clock very... onto that? He did. Afterwards? She said it was because she's she gets quite devastated <laughs> by things like that. But she said he was very kind, and then it was all it was made a joke, and everyone was okay with it from mm. that moment. I feel like that's an understandable yeah miscommunication Bad to bubbly. happen. Mm. Bad bubbly. But next time she was in the lunchroom and he was just cling wrapping his lunch, she was just a little <laughs> <Yeah>. bit careful. <laughs> um, well. Dawson and Tegan, that brings us to the end of this review. Thank you so much for joining me in watching Bad Boy Bubby. You're Thanks welcome. for having me. You're <laughs> welcome. Uh, and for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. We've got a couple more films in our Australian Film Month, including probably one from New Zealand. Uh, Which one? Um, we all have to find out oh. by subscribing. Uh, I am and... subscribed. <laughs> well, uh, are you subscribed through iTunes? No. Spotify? No. SoundCloud? No. Then how are you how are you subscribed? Uh Magic. OnlyFans. Only f- Oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. The secret OnlyFans. Yeah. Where I read all of the reviews in the bath. Yeah. I was gonna say we it's the us watching the movie, but we're all just naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what we Dragons do. Nothing nothing happens, but no. we're just, Yeah, we're dragging, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, face painter comes in, we all get animals, and then we stand in the bath while um while Dr. Alan Sears comes in and sponges us all down. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's expensive, that's why, and it's secret. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, we definitely are on. Only fans, who knows? Uh, we are also available to be found on Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club there, and you can get uh, updates about the program, uh, vote on polls, that kind of thing. And finally, there is our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash podcast for bonus goodies and features. But that is all for this week. So until next time... Is that bonus goodies and features? It certainly is. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> what were you going to say? Nothing. No, you can say it. No. Go on. I wasn't going to say anything. I dare you. Tits. Yeah. <laughs> Take a little bit. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.